to another episode of the TKW podcast. I'm Anthony Corbo. And joining me this week, we've got a couple of guests. We have uh the TKW's own Mike Cortez is here at Cortez Error on Twitter. What's going on, dude? What's up, man? Happy to be on. All right, all right. And we got Joseph Nardone of CBB today. Uh Joe, you want do which one do you want to plug? You want to plug your own Twitter handle here, or you want to do the site? Just do uh, CBB today at CBBD, at CBB CBB today on Twitter. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful when you get into it. Um, and joining that's me... what she said. It took less than two minutes for Joe to get going. A, a little bit longer than I thought, to be honest. Um, <laughs> joining me as he does pretty much every week now. Uh, Brian Giberman, what is going on, my friend? I'm ready for some college basketball. I'm ready to be completely unproductive at work on Thursday. Yes, I think we all are. I think we absolutely are, all are. Um, you told me some, you had something to address the audience with before we got into things tonight. Yeah, we're going to talk basketball in a little bit, but um, more importantly, what, what do you guys do when you're introducing, when you don't know someone's name that you're supposed to, and you have to introduce someone to them? What's your guys' trick for that? Wait, go through it one more time. Okay, so you're you're with someone, and you're there's someone else there, like you're at a party, and there's someone else there, and you should know who the other person is, and you should know their name. What is your trick to getting their name without like being awkward and asking for a name without doing it again with when you're not supposed to? My move uh, is to never say anybody's name at any point in time. Okay, that, that's what I do, but you need, but what happens when you need to introduce the person you're with to other people? Are you drinking? Because you could play up the drunkness and just like blurt no. out the name, and then when they say. What'd you say? And then the other person would hopefully say their name. No, you can't. Fl- I feel like you can't flub that well enough. That's not a. Fl- I feel like that's not a flub that most people can easily play off. My move is to just kind of bring is just to uh, ignore the introduction altogether and let them take it upon themselves to introduce each other. <laughs> it's not a bad but what, move. I but what happens adults in this circle here? They can introduce themselves. But what happens if it's say it's like a girl you're with and they prefer to be introduced? That's tough. Introduce them oh, first. Oh, yeah, introduce them. That's an easy answer. And then hope the other person introduces them, themselves back as it happens. Right. Hi, I'm it... this is Alicia. And then the other lady goes, hey, I'm Cindy or whatever. Isn't that a little rude, though, to, like, aren't you supposed to be, like, this is whoever, this, and then, like, this is my friend, it's, blah, blah, it's blah. way less rude than saying this is, yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to ETL somewhere <laughs> this if you don't know the person's name. <laughs> <sighs> I introduce the other person. I, that 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 is the move here. That is the the only way. That's the only move. That is a shot in the dark. That is the uh, blast that blows up the Death Star here. That's what you got to do. I was expecting more from you guys. I'm disappointed. 
It's honestly a tough call. Now that I'm thinking about it, it sounds like it's an easy fix. Then you break it down. Listen, I'm not going to lead you astray here. Just play yeah, off as other innocently off? as possible. Listen, there's tons of times in life where I just pretend I'm not looking at something when I'm clearly looking at something. Like It's just like, it, it just ignore, willfully ignore whatever you want, and you'll get through life just fine. Be like, hey, this is, and then drop your phone. And then right. I hope they she introduces herself. Pretend you got mixed up. Just walk away. Like this is, and and then literally turn around and leave. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys aren't help. You guys are the opposite of helpful. Listen, man, I, I don't know what to say. It's just the way I've lived. Do we have? Do we have to talk about the Nick game at all we tonight? We don't have to talk about straight? the Nick game. They they lost by a lot. Kevin Knox actually had a decent game. I'm gonna pull up the stat line right now. Mitchell Robinson looked pretty good again. Damian Dotson shot well. That's all there really is to see from this game. I don't think you could have paid me to watch this game tonight. They were down by I'm almost being 40. Honest. <laughs> like, right I when I saw that. all the players, they, they, when, when I saw the list of players who were out, I was just like, oh, I just saved two and a half hours of my night. They lost 137 to 116. They were down by nearly they were down by 38 at one point and then I turned my attention away. I'm sorry. Like listen, I I appreciate every one of our listeners out there, but what I I'm, I'm it's not going to happen. <laughs> I just Why? can't. Cornet played 11 minutes? Really? What are we you got to get Lance Thomas. You got to get Lance Thomas that run. What are we wow. doing? I'm just looking at the stat line now and it's why isn't Jamil Warney called up yet? Do you know how many minutes know. Kevin Knox played tonight? 47. Wait, he played 47? Kevin 40, Knox yeah. played 47 minutes Did tonight. he take him out, like, at the beginning of the half or something? Just for, like, a quick water break? I, I Maybe at the very end. I. That's 20, gross. 27, 8, and 3 in, in 47 minutes here. All right, so I've I've had some family issues and stuff, and just stuff going on. So I haven't I legitimately haven't been able to watch as much re- as much recently as I normally do. Knox is num, but looking at box scores, what's Knox doing better recently that his numbers have perked up a little bit? Is it just simply making the shots he had been taking previously, or is there more there? You know, he had a good shooting game tonight. He was. Uh... It just seemed like he was the guy that, that was getting run out in every play right there. He just he just he was making shots from like well beyond the arc. I saw him shooting from like you know four or five feet back. So I just it was good to see he had the touch tonight, and I just really hope he can keep, you know keep on bringing it forward. All right, that's enough. That's enough. Next, we good? <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm all good with that. Yeah, that's 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 fine by me. Another loss. We are what fourteen and fifty eight, fifty nine. Yes. What is it? Four fifty eight. And the Cavs won tonight. And the and Cavs the won Bulls tonight. Part. No, we are getting... I don't think it's any question at this point. We're going to be the worst team in the league. Yeah. Which is I, good. I don't even think... Like, we're not even going... Like, Phoenix will definitely pretty much... Like, they will surpass us by this point, right? Oh, yeah. We're like three or four games clear of Phoenix right now. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah. Uh, three. I understand, everybody. We all get what you're going through. We're doing the same thing. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about the Knicks wall really quick, though, for a second. Because if you're not already subscribed to this channel on YouTube, please make sure that you are. 
If you're not subscribed on iTunes or whatever your podcast platform is, please make sure you're doing that. If you can leave us a review, we'd really appreciate that too. Five stars. Um, Joseph, you're not really a part of, of the, of TKW per se. I'd say you're a part of the extended family, but you would certainly give us a five star review. Correct. Yeah. I'm like your ugly third cousin, Yeah, but yeah, even with that being said, like a distant relative, uh, I still come over for Thanksgiving. Exactly. Exactly. That come to Thanksgiving with us. Uh, make sure you're checking out all of our articles on Twitter. Make sure you're reading all of Mike Cortez's draft boards. He's constantly keeping us updated. We're getting close to the date, guys. It's getting there. And it's time now to kind of turn our attentions more to uh, to Joe and Mike here. They're going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do the thing where I pretend that I know a, a damn thing about college basketball because that's what the storyline is this, at this time of year. I just... You know, we spend the whole year watching this putrid 14-win Knicks team, and I don't really know how Mike does it because he's great with it, where he can stand to watch this team and not watch and you know watch the whole college you know, season as well. But I, I just in no way am capable of doing that. So we are going to ask what rudimentary questions we can right now to get things started. But really, everybody should be paying attention to what Mike and Joe have to say here because they are our experts on college basketball and the draft is approaching. So, um, yeah, let's just get right into it. All right, so March Madness. We're going to go region to region here. So we're going to start with the East. Um, um, the NCAA tournament obviously starts on Thursday. All right, so this I could ask this question to you guys in either the East or Midwest, but I'm asking now, and it's something I've been wondering. Why did why is Michigan State a two seed and UNC being a one seed just like widely accepted? That doesn't really make any sense to me. Uh, Mike, go first. Uh, I would love to know too. I think UNC. I think they've been gassed up from the two Duke wins. I didn't watch enough of them to give like a full answer, but just look at the resume. They beat Michigan three times, I think it is, and I think Michigan was one of the better teams I saw, and. UNC, besides Duke, what other big wins have they had? Did they did beat Gonzaga? I think Joe, is that right? Uh, UNC. Yeah. I do not think that's right. I, I think they beat miss- them on neutral floor, actually. Or they they faced them. I know that. I think it was early in the season. I did. I do think they beat Gonzaga because it was Gonzaga and the two Duke wins were the things that jumped up. But, I mean, they beat Duke twice without – Zion didn't play in either game. That's So one of the strongest things in their resume was that, and Michigan State won both Big Ten titles in, in what was either the best or second-best conference. Uh, North Carolina lost to Gonzaga. Okay, they um, got smoked by him, right? It, it wasn't yeah, a they lost game. by 13. Okay, so um, I just got who, who won confused. And I, I'm, I'm guessing, like, listen, I think you're splitting hairs here. And then, you know, people really like the ACC. It's also like Michigan State lost, like, really bad teams like Indiana and Illinois. Um, they lost to Indiana twice, I believe. Yeah, yes, they like did. garbage. So, I mean, like, that's really, really bad. That's like losing to, like, the DePaul. Like DePaul. Jeez. So, I know they were kind of sort of people pretending they were on the bubble and stuff. And I'm sure we'll talk about Romeo Langford at some point. But they, that team was like a glorified mid-major basketball team this year. So losing to them twice probably didn't help. And honestly, and it's such like a narrative-driven thing, 
but like it's definitely part of it's like hey ACC we love the ACC it's a, it's it's one of those deals Jim Delaney doesn't like you know make people really like the Big Ten all right so with LSU being in a weird spot with what's gone on with them looking at after Duke and Michigan State are they still the sec the next best team in this region or is there someone else mm-hmm. Um, looking at it right now, uh, Louisville maybe if they get hot. LSU's tough because like Will Wade's a really good coach, and then you know you know you know what's gonna happen here. But like I don't like like I I like Virginia Tech a lot, like a lot a lot. It's just man, Duke. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, <laughs> I, and I think I think this is like one of those regions where like it's gonna be chalk. Like, regardless how we, like, try to break it down, like, it's going to be Duke, Virginia Tech, uh, like, LSU, and, and Michigan State. Like, everybody else is kind of, like, afterthoughts. That's how I view it. I know it's boring and stuff like that to do it that way. But, like, some of the other teams in there, like, I love Taco Fall. Like, I love them. And I think UCF is a really good team. I think Zion Williamson is going to dunk on Taco Fall so much. We're going to have so many memes and gifts. It's going to be ridiculous. Best prospect in this, not on Duke. Ooh. Alexander Walker from Virginia Tech. Who is that? Explain. Explain. But yeah, uh, like what, what position? To, give me something. I've I've never even heard that name before. I like he's a, a two way player. He's a six five guard. Like. Uh, um, Jeez, man, I got put on the spot here because I didn't think I'd be talking about him at all. I know he averages, he averages 17 points a game. He shoots 50, 48% from the floor. I'm going to be throwing, like, really hollow stats at you here. He's a really good three-point shooter. He's going to get drafted in the lottery this year. Um, and that's, like, part of it's because this draft class is really, really bad. But he's he's the best one out of the group. Like, I don't believe any like the guys from LSU are actually that special that – you know, I wouldn't take any of them over. Over, I, I'm gonna mispronounce his first name, but Nikolai Alexander Walker. Before we yeah, get you... like really a lot deeper into the conferences and or the the uh, divisions, and everything like that, are we like? Is there any other surprise sleepers that you're seeing so far that are gonna be considering the lottery? Like, you know, we know that the Knicks are probably not gonna be able to draft lower than fourth, but you know. I'm of the opinion that the Knicks will probably – that means the Knicks will probably end up getting the fourth pick. So, you know, kind of looking around there, are there any other guys that we haven't really heard so much at this point who are who could be popping up for us? Um, I don't think the lottery per se. The second round I do. I like Dylan Windler from Belmont. He, had, he was all right yesterday. He had a ton of rebounds, steals. He couldn't shoot. But over the, for the season, he's shooting 42% from three. I think he'd be a great second-round pick. And I think Belmont could beat Maryland. LSU is going to be tough, but you can at least get one more look at him. I think he's definitely worth a shot when we get. I think we're picking like the 50s, so that's somebody you could look out for. Yeah, Bruno Fernando from Maryland is not going to climb that high, even you know if he's skyrocketing up boards. But he's a, a big man from Maryland, who's you know like the old early 90s type of center he's not going to be like super athletic or fancy his way through defenders but he is shooting his way up like mock drafts right now but i don't think he'll make it to four so i really think that you're like you're really just looking at you know your two duke guys 
Hopefully not Cam Reddish because he stays. Yeah. And then um, after that, like you're not going to be dropping back far enough for anybody else that's playing in this region. The East, so the East is a pretty weak region here after the really strong top two, basically, is the gist of it. Yeah, it's too, I'm not paying attention to it until at least the Sweet 16. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, really, it's a, it's a boring region. The only good thing that's going to come out of it is Zion Williamson dunking on Taco Fall, provided right. UCF beats VCO. All right, a region I'm guessing is a little bit more interesting from the NCAA tournament perspective and a draft perspective is the West, right? Oh, is this yeah. is this the deepest and best region? Knicks wise, absolutely. It gives it's going to answer every question we need to know about Ja and I think Culver as well. What about what about from a basketball perspective? Just entertainment value, uh, watching wow. the tournament and oh, the Marcus level of Howard, teams. Ja Morant, yeah, one on one. Game one. I think this. It's 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 like a, a prize fight, even though like they're not like like Wojo Woj from Marquette already said, like they're not going to do like this one on one thing, but it's going to happen regardless. He's Marcus Howard is tiny and he's probably sick of people like not considering him a draft prospect. He's not, but he should be getting like Buddy Heald level hype because he just scores so much. And these guys are actually friends. They met. I read a story today that they met at Chris Paul's All-Star camp like a couple years ago when both of those guys were supposedly not good prospects and they have like a nice friendly rivalry ah, rivalry going on and I expect them to go at each other and it's going to be, it's going to be a blast. Oh, I can't wait. All right. We'll stick to the top of that region since you're already talking about the Marquette Murray state game, Gonzaga. Uh, let the people know I've, it's a name. I haven't really seen Gonzaga at all, but I'm starting to see his name pop up on Twitter a lot. Give us a little scouting report on Brandon Clark and how high do you think he could eventually jump in the draft? Like, is he a guy who could maybe be in that next range at the fifth pick or is that way, way too high? Uh, no, the way Reddish's look, I think the fifth pick, I think the top four are done. I think it's the two Duke, Ja and Culver. And then at five, you could really, you could talk me into anyone from Darius Garland to Brandon Clark for sure. Brandon Clark's. I think I'm pretty sure he's second behind Zion in either BPM or PER. And he's just, he blocks everything. He's smart as shit and he just dominates. That's just, just the question of can he dominate against athletes like him? Because I don't know much about the West Conference, but I don't, I don't think he's facing ACC level competition consistently. If I'm wrong, Joe, is that off peak or no? No, no, you're, no, it, it was actually, a, like, I know St. Mary's got in, but it would have been a one-bid league had St. Mary's not beat Gonzaga in that conference tournament. I think that's the question mark. Like, it's funny because Rue came into the season with, a, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, uh, came into the season with a lot more hype because what he did playing international basketball, and Brandon Clark kind of came out of, I don't, you don't want to say nowhere because he, he, you know, when he was at San Jose State, he was good. It's just nobody expected him to be this good transferring up from the Mountain West to the WCC. What I'm uh, concerned about with him, I guess it's a concern, is, you know, he only shoots 29% from three. Doesn't even, even He doesn't even try to shoot from three. And I'm guessing, like, at, they list him as 6'8", which makes me think he's 6'7". And he's he's not a super athlete. So if he's a small forward at six seven that doesn't shoot, that concerns me. Okay. This could be a terrible comparison, but you know the juxtaposition between Culver and Barrett right now, where it's Barrett's clearly the better athlete. 
I think you mm. can kind of say that where Zion or Clark would be like a defunct version of of Zion, getting Zion. Like if you had the Knicks had in mind they wanted to get a power forward who can protect the rim, be smart, and develop a jump shot eventually, Clark's not a bad uh, second option. So super poor man Zion. Mm-hmm. Super poor. Because obviously no one's even close to Zion, but in terms of like the base skill set, like if you wrote down Zion's skills on a piece of paper and try and check off as many, I guess Clark would come in around that five. Do you think, do you think, I don't see him as that, as like in that same stratosphere as, as athleticism. Do you see him like, I'm not saying he's like, I think he's he's smart. I think he's just as smart. Like in terms of like knowing when to come over, helping out on defense, filling the spot on offense. And then he just looks like a good worker. Like when I read on him, he chose Gonzaga because he knew they were good at developing. So that just puts him in the right frame of mind for me. I feel like you're talking me into Ronaldo Bachman. <laughs> I could be. I don't know. That is a name I mean, yeah. After four, podcast. it's crazy. Because after four, it's just an abyss, really. It really is, though. Like, um, not to hijack the podcast, but it's like tier one Zion, tier two Zion. Then for me, it's tier three, it's RJ and Culver. And then after that, it's like, blah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, no, nah, I think Jaws. I have Jaws. Oh, and then Jaws. I, I'm sorry, Jaws in the in the that that skip tier of three. Yeah. Tier, like, tier two doesn't exist in this draft, in my opinion. Is uh so is Jaw going up against if they can somehow beat Marquette and Florida State wins? Is that yes. kind of a matchup where you could really learn something about them? Absolutely. That's that that's the closest he's come to, I think, to facing an NBA sized roster. Because Florida State's huge. Yeah, so they I have ways and ways that are huge. <laughs> yeah, Ja is probably the most like intriguing of these of these lottery prospects so far. Of the guys that I think the Knicks could possibly end up with, at, you know, after not landing the number one pick, I don't know. I'm I'm worried about not necessarily in playing style, but in just kind of storyline and how the and and just how the in team building, I guess I should say, like. I'm seeing some Neil Aquina comparisons. He's improved as a shooter by a lot. Like he's not any like listen, he's start like the narrative of him being a bad shooter to start the season was real. Um he's improved dramatically to the point he's shooting like I know it's not great, but he's now shooting thirty four percent on the season from three. Um and he doesn't set like he's not one of those dudes that settles for mid range jumpers. It's either he's attacking the basket or pulling for a three. He's also a horrible defender. So the Neil Aquina comparison's awful in yeah. my opinion yeah i agree he does get you know he is good at like the highlight block and like an occasional steal but i don't think he's going to be scaring anybody on defense but you does. think do you think he'll live up to the hype that he has at the moment like is this the yeah. like do you like do you do you see enough potential in him to warrant being drafted that high yeah he mean i mean everything i read on him and what I've seen, I can definitely see like a Mike Conley kind of type of player. Like Conley wasn't that good of a shooter, if I remember right, at Ohio State. And he like eventually got it. But they say this yeah, guy it, just sees plays go like two plays ahead. So it took Conley like four years to get it down in the league, honestly. Yeah. Like, it took him forever. Yeah. I think most point guards though, they take like unless like the select few, they're gonna take a while. Yeah, my only fear is like Obviously, with anybody that's played at this level, is he's played against nobodies. 
and then the, like the couple times he had, like he played Alabama early in the year, he had ten turnovers. You know, what I mean, that's kind of alarming. And the other time, like he played a team that's good, and he played pretty good was against Auburn when he had twenty five points, but he also had five turnovers that game. You could also say like, you know, he's playing with you know a bunch of mid major guys. So it could be like the Trey Young thing. Of course, he's going to turn the ball over a ton because he has his usage rate so high. My concern with him is he's really tiny. Like, I know he's 6'3", which isn't necessarily small. And I don't know what they list him at. Whatever it is, it's probably a lie. He's probably 6'3". Like yeah, but I mean his weight. Like, whatever they list uh, him at is, as his weight, he's definitely 10 pounds lighter. Like, I'm guessing think, he's like about 65. Yeah, they have him at 175. 180, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm guessing he's like 165, 170, which, yeah, of course, he could put more weight on. Um, and then you got to wonder, like, how does he function with more weight? Because it's always easy to say, yeah, he'll put on more muscle. Yeah, then how, how is he going to function in the muscle? Right. And, he, yeah, he's not going to be as explosive. Yeah, I get it. All right. I love, the, I love the chubby guy he plays with on his team. Number, I think it's 30. <laughs> There's two. No, dude, they have two guys with man boobs. I was watching them in the conference <laughs> tournament. They're it's so my, good. It's my favorite team in college basketball because they have all the man boobs. <laughs> and they have, like, such a like a fat man at the park game. Like, it's just, like, back you down, back you down, flick. They're, uh, they're surprisingly young, too, Murray State. Not that, like, this is a uh, thing people care about, but, like, if John Morant magically decided he didn't want to make millions of dollars, They'd return everybody but one dude next year. Damn. One quick hitter at the top of the region before we go down to the bottom of it. So, uh, no Frank Howard for Syracuse. Does that do in any chance of them making noise, or can they get past that? Syracuse stinks. <laughs> they do. You Baylor, see that every year. But Baylor also stinks. Listen, I feel like no one's ready for their zone, even though they know it's coming. Right, it's the most. I was listen. I just did a, a radio hit today. We were talking about it. You like Syracuse is playing a zone since dinosaurs walked the earth, and every time a coach sees it in the tournament, all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, how do we break up this two-three zone? They never put anybody in the middle. Guys are just chucking it from forty feet out, and all of a sudden, like some random dude on Syracuse, uh, like not like it won't be a good player like Tyus Battle. It'll be like Brissett, who will all of a sudden become like a lottery level player. <laughs> When I think it was yeah, it was Michigan State last year. They did that, and it frustrated the shit out of me. I was like, "You really wasted miles." They had Miles fucking Bridges and Jaron Jackson, and they couldn't break that zone. They kept, yeah, giving, it to ben, they kept giving it to Ben Carter. That was my might have been one of my all time favorite basketball games. <laughs> it was just it's mind numbing. That was Tom Izzo's worst coaching job probably in his career, followed Benching. by his best. Yeah, he want he wanted to play. What he played Jackson at the four mostly, and then I know Bridges was just stuffed at the three with nowhere. He, to... he also stuck him to the. He also was trying to stick Jackson to the bench towards the end of the game. Michigan torched them in two games last year because he refused to play Jackson at the five. It was some of the most hideous coaching I've ever seen. Somebody's really coach good coach. It's amazing. Oh, this year, Coach K. Listen, man, Coach K got kind of like I gave him credit early in the year for saying, "Oh, he's letting his guys play and he's not micromanaging." He's letting, and, you know, he's letting them fly. And then we, yeah, and that's what it is. When when Zion got hurt, you're like, "Oh man, there's no offensive system put in place whatsoever. It's just yeah, isolation basketball." Like that's like not my like isolation basketball. I'm sorry, what's that, Mike? No, go ahead. You finish. No, it's just like, and I'm not even talking like good isolation basketball that happens in the NBA every once in a while now. I'm talking like the Iverson era isolation when like 
Ricky Davis is just doing stuff. Like that's what they, they did when Zion was out. Yeah, and that's my biggest defense with RJ where Coach K, there's no real good shooter. Like they found O'Connell once Zion got hurt, but most of the time it's just either Zion or mostly RJ where Coach K just has him out there pretty much the whole night and just saying, all right, just generate the offense. And Trey Jones doesn't really shoot below the free throw line. And Cam Reddish, don't get me started on him. So I talked to I talked I talked to a co- a low level coach, and we were talking about Duke. One like Trey Jones, he says he believes is overrated, right? And if you watch film on him, teams sag off him. And if they ever try to run a pick and roll, Trey Trey Jones, they don't even bother to like fight over the top. Oh no! It's and, the when same cu- shot. and when they're yeah, they're just cutting underneath. They're gonna double the guy that's get, that's setting the pick, and so he's basically worthless on offense. And um. Oh, what else did the guy say? To How them? the hell oh, did you they... guys end up on Duke here? Uh, well, l- listen to me. I'm giving you some inside information <laughs> from a low major basketball. Team. Everything goes back to the entire season. It all goes back to Duke. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, he was saying the difference between what Calipari does at Kentucky with one and duns and what, so far, what Coach K has done with one and duns is Calipari at least tries to develop them in, within a, his system mm-hmm. while also, like, you know, develop them for, like, the pros. Why Coach K is just like, I need the players, so they're going to come, and then they're just going to do stuff. Like, their defense, since he's embraced the one-and-done era, has been, like, really bad. And think think about it, the fact that, like, for years, the hallmark of Duke was floor slapping and all that nonsense, and now it's gone. They're also, they've also been a really bad defensive team for, like, four years. Right, so, basically, Coach, K's, Coach K's right in his coattails, man. Coach K, bad. Overrated. I agree, 100%. Back to the West, and we'll finish off this region with this. Say Texas Tech gets past Northern Kentucky, which should be easy. Buffalo could be a tough game, but let's put them in the Sweet 16. Michigan gets to the Sweet 16. Two-part question. Can Culver go off against Matthews? And if he is able to do that, does that clearly make him a better prospect than Barrett to you? Uh, I'll start with the Barrett question, probably. Or at least puts him on the equal footing, I think, because I still think Barrett's age and star potential gives him the edge over Culver. But if you could beat Michigan, I think Michigan's going to beat them and he will go off. He'll have like 26 points, but his team will still probably lose for people who don't know. uh, Charles Matthews. I just said Matthews. Charles Matthews is a wing defender for Michigan. He's like a shooting guard, small forward type. He might be one. He's one of the best defensive players in college basketball. Joe, go ahead. Yeah, and then, like, obviously, like, a, a John Beeline coach team, like, overall, they're always going to be really good defensively. That's a really good question because I've been maybe married to the idea of R.J. Barrett more than I should be. So then when, you know, like, I, I hate to do, like, oh, one game makes me change my mind. And I've been really slow to come around on Culver, like, a lot slower than other people just because I feel like, you know, College basketball numbers are corrupt, right? Because, like, even if you're playing against good teams, the guy that's guarding you is probably not – might not be good. Do you know what I mean? Like, how many actually good players have defended him this year? That being said, he's going to be – in theory, if they face Michigan, he's going to be, be defended by an NBA-level defender. So, yeah, that might change my mind. But at the same time, like what Mike was saying, and I know potential is, what, you know, like a horrible thing to hang your hat on. But R.J. Barrett has a ton, and he can play three positions, and he gets to the rim better than anybody I remember in, like, the last 10 years. So, yeah, he'd have to go really off. But it would really make me double think about how much, like, how 
how high or how close the, the Barrett Culver uh, race would be. Uh, shifting to the South, Virginia last year fluked this team's legit good, and you did you expect them to go deep into this? As a better person who's gambled on them, I do not see them doing anything. <laughs> Every time I've bet on them, they've just fucked me. It's about as good as an excuse as any. <laughs> well, listen, remember a couple years ago when Jay Wright was knocked as the guy that could never you know, do anything in the tournament? Him and Tony Bennett have a couple things in common. One, they're both really handsome. <laughs> Two, they both dress like tremendously. Like their suits are impeccable. And then three, they 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 shared. Now Jay Wright no longer has it, but they share this that narrative of when the NCAA, NCAA tournament comes, they they can't do anything about it. Eventually, it's gonna like break in his favor. It's just, man, if I'm being honest about it, like. You know what my biggest fear in this tournament is? It's not the upsets. It's not this. It's not that. It's that Virginia will play Wisconsin, and who in the hell wants to watch that game? I don't. Wisconsin. A game in the, it'll be a game in the 50s. The game will be in the 50s. Nobody and wants that, to see that. That's happened before, hasn't it? I feel like they've well, played they each play other tournament? in the NCAA tournament. Oh, I can't remember offhand, but like that's like, man – like, you know, like, listen, John, I like John Rossi. I consider him a friend. But when he says Virginia's a, a thing of beauty, I want to slap him across the face. Duke faced them twice. And I thought it was like a big thing. And I brought back Duke again. Sorry. And <laughs> you only have know, three times to do this. You, so this is your second now. You have one more. Use All right. Now this, this is the last one. Uh, well, actually, North Carolina is coming up. So probably that's my last one. Anyway, they faced Duke. I thought that was going to be like a strong test. And. Then they lose in the tournament so haplessly. I was just like, uh, but DeAndre Hunter's there for people who care about the draft. I think he's another person you could talk yourself into at five. He's just, I don't know, nothing right home about. No, but he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, we have to talk ourselves into somebody, and because he plays at Virginia and his numbers look nice, we'll say, oh, he's a two way player. He could be Malcolm Brogdon ish, even though he's nothing close to the athlete or anything like that. Virginia's never made played Wisconsin in the tournament. I just made that up. I was gonna roll with you. I believe you. It <laughs> no, sounded like, like something that would happen. It's just that that's never happened. That doesn't exist. Ah, all right. It would not Good be stuff the first thing May. that we've made up before. Uh, Brian, which division would you like to pivot to from here? We are. We're, we're gonna. We'll stay in the South. We just started with the South, so we'll stay there for. Uh, I keep saying division because I'm way too caught up in the NBA talk, but region. But okay, <laughs> we'll stay. In, we'll stay in the South here. There's too much Big Ten in this bracket in this region. Why? Why is Iowa, Purdue, and Wisconsin all together? I want to get rid of them all at once. Yeah, I mean that Purdue. Not really a good three seed, are they? Like, if I was a team, I'd be happy if they were in my region. I saw people picking them to win it all. I I saw them once, and I didn't like. I didn't think they were bad, but I didn't think they were good. Granted, they were facing Rutgers, but people love senior guard play, and they have that. That's that's basically the trope there. If I'm Villanova, I'm salivating at the mouth. I mean, Purdue's a fine team, but like as a three seed. I mean, like, if I was just to ask, like, a random person off the street, Vill- Villanova or Purdue, they're going to take Villanova 99 out of 100 times. Oh, if, if Edwards doesn't do anything offensively, Purdue really doesn't have anywhere else they can go. Correct. And, and Matt Painter, man, he's, he's somebody easy to root against. Um, 
he uh, he claimed recently that he recruits four-year players, even though he's already had a couple one-and-dones and two-and-dones. He recruits four-year players, not because he can't get one-and-dones, but because it's better, because they want to be there. They want to learn, like learn at school. So Does does Tennessee have any – they're the two-seed in this. Do they have any NBA players to keep an eye on? Uh, Three of them. Admiral. They got the Admiral. Grant Williams, Jordan Boone. Isn't the Admiral guy like a really large, weird-sized human? Isn't he one of those? No, he's, uh, uh, he looks weird. Yeah, but for like in, for a for a prospect, like he's not your he, he doesn't really fit into any uh, cate- yeah. is he a category. Or am I wrong about that? He's he's a very well like muscular built um, six six like wing mm-hmm. um, that plays a lot. Like listen, he's starting to come out and shoot a lot more threes. But he plays like at the rim a lot more. He's one of the, my favorite players to watch in the country because I don't know if you guys caught like I know you, like you're not diehard college basketball guys, but early in the season, um, before Rick Barnes kind of asked him to like calm it down a little bit, he like he went at the Florida Gator fans, did the chomp at them. He'd be throwing the Tennessee jersey up at people. He'd be like randomly chit chatting with fans, like opposing fans on the sideline, telling them what he's going to do to their team. He's really fun to watch. As far as a pro prospect, if if he drops to the second round, you take him just because he's a dude that's going to make like he's going to make an NBA roster. Why I feel like a lot of the guys that are going to get drafted like in the late lottery and in the twenties are dudes you're just hoping are going to end up being good. Why I feel like Schofield's somebody that's going to be. Not great, but something that's going to actually stick in the league for like six or seven years. Yeah. And the funny thing about him is his tankathon page is literally the same as Kevin Knox's was last year. It's just all red and then just three point percentage. And do you know where he's from, guys? If you want, like, you know, to feel really positive, if you want to spend it, he's from Zion, Illinois. Ooh. And this is the draft of Zion's. Ah. So, I mean, I, okay. So, like, Real close to home there because I've heard about Zion, Illinois for a while now because I live in Illinois. And I've always wondered what could possibly be coming out of there. I'm I'm all in on Admiral Schofield now. <laughs> Zion, Let's get Illinois is all I need to hear. You have to go watch the draft there. The lottery. The yeah, draft yeah. Lottery. I, I, I probably will. How far is it from where you are? I mean, I'll if it's in the city, I'll go. Yeah, you know, it's a, uh, I'll, 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 we'll, we'll figure this out later. Don't, don't let me disrupt this conversation <laughs> that's happening here. I let's am... go on MapQuest right now. Figure out how long. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're, let's concentrate. On, yeah, hey, let's concentrate on the important things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pilgrimage. I'm going to continue sitting back here and letting you guys do my job for me now. <laughs> All right, let's finish it off. We'll go to the, we'll go to the Midwest. This is your old school blue blood blood region with North Carolina, Kentucky, and Kansas all in it. Um, is there, you think it's going to be chalk here with uh, North Carolina, Kentucky, or any teams that you see giving them problems? Houston. I mean, like, listen, I know it's it's one of those deals where nobody's really seen them. They play in the American, which is now going to be hidden behind a paywall. Uh, really smart move by Mike Oresco, you idiot. Wait, no wait, reason wait, to pay. Wait, wait. Oh, dude, let's, I'm going to go on a quick tangent here on this. The yeah. American signed a deal with ESPN for a billion dollars, and it's going to end up only being $7 million per team in the league. And ESPN is putting all the basketball games, except the few marquee games, behind ESPN+, Plus, which means nobody's going to see any of the AAC uh-huh. games. 
Wow. Imagine being Penny Hardaway and you take that Memphis job and your biggest thing's recruiting, and now you have to tell your guys, yeah, nobody's ever see you play. I don't even think people would pay for ACC play, let alone American. Right. That's I mean, like it's not it's the stupidest idea. Now I don't know what ESPN Plus's subscription numbers are, but nobody's gonna like buy it specifically for that. And then like I'm a college basketball diehard. I'm not buying it specifically for that because the AAC has like three good teams. But yeah, whatever. I like my ESPN Plus for a boardroom personally. Kevin Durant's new show. Yeah, I suppose one of us should be watching Kevin Durant's new show. Very good, I heard. Kevin Durant's a very good man. He'd fit well in New York City, I, I believe. Okay, Brian, we don't we can't get distracted here. You you're you're taking us through these division uh, through these regions here. I got myself that time. Uh we can't get sidelined by ESPN plus discussion. Why what happened? how did Houston go from they lost Rob Gray and got better? How'd that happen? Calvin Sampson's a very good coach. Anything more, Joe? Well, I mean, like, I, 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 I it, it's not a, it's not a complicated answer. I mean, there. Well, if we're gonna also be honest, like the AAC is not very good. Like we talked about UCF earlier, and I said, like, if they beat VCU, and you know, UCF has two borderline fringe pro prospects on their team, and then after that, the rest of the league's trash. Like Memphis made a run in that league tournament, and Memphis is rebuilding this, or was rebuilding this year. They had a bunch of leftovers. So I'm I'm saying Houston has a chance, and you're asking me why they got better after this. I'm going to tell you, I still like them, even though there's no proof that they actually got better for any other reason than that league is trash. Is Rob Hunter's dad still the coach at Georgia State? Yep. Is he still? Does he still? Is he still have to sit on the chair? No. <laughs> That's not as much fun. Maybe he'll break his leg again, or whatever happens. Some, I forget what happened. I don't know, but that's a good idea. Someone should go break his leg so he has to sit on a stool during the game. Now we're getting somewhere. We could bring Kevin Ware back and have him break his leg in the Louisville game. Oh, that is <laughs> one, dark. That is yeah, one, dark. one of us was a lot meaner than the other job. <laughs> Do you remember when that happened? And people were like, "Oh man, Kevin Ware, blah blah blah." And they act. Dude was ninth man up. He was the ninth man on that roster. Yeah, people they beat Michigan like, in the national championship game. Stop talking about this. We're moving on. Sorry. Vermont, Anthony Lamb's very Jesus good. Pay attention. <laughs> that was a very hurtful time in my life. All right, let's talk about draft prospects. Um, North K- Kentucky. I feel we've talked about North Carolina quite a bit on this podcast previously what what are we looking at with kentucky is there anyone there i, I think tyler i want tyler harrow to drop to the second round because i kind of like him um kelvin johnson's end of the lottery and then pj washington's probably going to go like in the teens he's probably kentucky's most consistent player this year i think harrow is going to end up being their tournament player i feel like every year kentucky has the one freshman that decides to step up in the tournament last year was shea i think harrow's shaping up to be that guy Yeah, I think that's right. I like, listen, I don't know if he's going to come out this year or not. He's a really good defender, Ashton Hagens. Uh, he can't score at all. I don't know if that's his role. Um, John Calipari does a really good job of having these guys kind of like, you know, spread out the production. 
and he's kind of the odd man out of that. But he's like you know a really good guard defender. I'm kind of I'm kind of Mike here though. Harrell's gonna be that dude that kind of explodes during the tournament, and people are like, oh, he's really good. Let's draft him higher than we probably should. Yeah, he could definitely have the Nick Nick Stauskas run, where he has a really good tournament, and then he ends up getting picked by some stupid ass in like the end of the lottery. How dare you? What what are we what are we doing here, Mike? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, we all know it's called the Mitch McGarry run. <laughs> Mitch McGarry was an idiot, and he stayed for another year. Because he got high, and then he got kicked off the basketball team. Then he went to the NBA and he kept getting high and kept getting yeah. kicked off basketball teams. My kind of player. He was very good, man. I like, love Mitch that. Mitch turned out to be a lot better than I thought he'd be, and they just couldn't stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. No. Um, so two, <laughs> <laughs> two, two questions to end this big picture tournament. Uh, one, if you were going to pick one, one or two seed that wasn't going to get to the second weekend, who would it be? Virginia. Yeah, it's Virginia. They can only play one style of basketball. Really? Like, they're, they're, on all, their offense isn't good. Like, on Kempom, they're always ranked very highly. Why doesn't that translate? Because it's a slow pace. They're efficient, but they can't. And I, I always get kicked back to this. To like, I'll be like, you know, if they're down like ten or eleven points, they can't come back. And somebody's like, well, they beat. They were down so eight points by so and so. No, not like eight points with twelve minutes to go in the first half. I'm talking like if they're down eight points with eight minutes to go in the game, they can't overcome that. Um, while almost every other team, every, every other good team, like the actual top teams in the country, like the twelve of them, um, can play multiple styles on offense. Virginia can't flip that switch to play a quicker tempo. Yeah, that, I, don't th- I don't think they have a guy that's like, all right, take over this game right now. Kyle Guy is the closest, and he's like super-duper poor man, short version J.J. Redick, like yeah. in the worst possible way. He's good, but like he wants to be J.J. Redick, and he's not. All right, since you jerks picked the same team, give me another team. Uh, I want to pick Gonzaga just because they're facing Fairleigh Dickinson, which is in my town. But... <laughs> um... We could pick a, a two seed, or does it have to be a one? No, it can be a one or two seed. Oh, two? Uh, Michigan State. Goodbye. I'll, they're going to lose to Louisville. Book it. Really? Oh. Yeah. No context to it. I'm just calling it. <laughs> that is the takes that I like on this pod. That is what I can relate to. Uh, sure, no, we have one or two seed. That's my mistake. Okay, Michigan, uh... Michigan could lose to either or Nevada or Florida. I really like Michigan. I think they're balanced. Um I'm like I I think them and Tennessee are the actual two most balanced teams in the country. Uh, but listen, man, if I had like you're you're forcing me to do this, so like I'm gonna just choose Michigan to follow well, Nevada. What? Why do you think they could lose to either of those teams? As someone, I really don't. Much about you're those making, teams? Are you just you're making? Well, the Martins wins. If the Martins wins go off, are you? Well, he was trying him to say that that Michigan is going to be better than they are. No, Michigan's one of the best teams in the country. That's why I was curious. To, are you just baiting him to to cheer for your team? No, I was. I I'm legitimately curious as someone who doesn't know much about Nevada or Florida. If it was a matchup issue or a, a Michigan, he didn't think Michigan did something okay. well that That's they would fine. struggle with. That's fine, but you're on thin ice. To be fair to me, you guys are making me do this. I don't believe it. It, it. The argument for Nevada beating them, Nevada what made the Elite Eight last year with the same roster, and they added guys. 
All right, final. Everyone give their final four. You want to go first, Mike? Yeah, uh, Duke. I have Duke, Michigan, Kentucky, and that South is just really shit. Like, I just don't. I want to go crazy here. I'm going to say Villanova. And oh, wow. champ, champion, championship game, and winner. I go. Cool. All right. Um, I am going to go. Wait, who did my who did Mike pick as his championship game and winner? I said Duke, Kentucky. I mean, we already know who's going to win if it gets. Oh, it. okay, okay, okay. I, I somehow went deaf for a second and didn't hear that. I'm gonna go Duke, 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 and Michigan. That a boy, <laughs> yeah. Good job. <laughs> Who do you have winning though? Uh, Michigan. <laughs> I have Michigan yeah. State winning. <laughs> I see now. Anthony's got the picking down to a T right here. I like I like his style. I mean, do you? I said Michigan State. Yeah, but I like that. There's just no. You pick two teams in the same region. You had three. Actually, you had three teams in the same region. Michigan. Yep. Then you had Michigan State, who didn't make the final yep. four. Winning it all, so yeah, no, that that's right up my alley. I, I, I love guess, that. I just didn't know whether you know how deeply the Michigan Michigan State rivalry strikes you, but no, uh, oh, okay, carry on. That's uh, those are my picks. Joe, I think it's your turn. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to top that one though. No, I'm not. Is uh, I'm going with Duke, Michigan, Tennessee, and then where I'm going wild here is Kansas. Ah, Northeastern's going to take them down first round. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Calhoun will be proud. <laughs> All right, Joe, your championship game and winner. Uh, I'm going to have Tennessee and Duke. And as I mentioned before, I really like Tennessee a lot. So I'm going with Tennessee. See, that's the smart angle to me. Everyone's going to pick Duke to win. So you just pick another team and you fade them, right? Isn't that how you do your bracket this year? Isn't that the smart way? Yeah, and then you tell people if they lose, be like, well, at least I had the guts to choose somebody other than Duke. <laughs> exactly. How do you play? You are the expert. I watch a lot of Stu Gatz. I know, I know what's happening. <laughs> um, no, I don't, I don't pick Final Fours. I just uh, come on. Are you fucking, no. Yeah, come on. What are you, are you fucking kidding me? You cannot propose the question and then not follow <laughs> yeah, through that, on it. Yeah, that's why I was asking the question. That was my right, so I'm assuming you have Duke and Michigan. Who's your South and Midwest? Michigan, 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 and Michigan. And then I pick Michigan to win it all. Okay, how about this? Who do you want Michigan to face in the finals? I would love to play North Carolina again. I think North Carolina is a terrible they we match up great with them because we know how to play defense and they have a big man who can't move and he won't take and Roy won't take May off the court. So we'd run him out of the gym just like we did the first time we played him. I love how you use the Wii. Like you're gonna suit up during the tournament. <laughs> I am. I wear my Lavelle Blanchard jersey every game. <laughs> And I really do own a Lavelle Blanchard jersey. No one on this. Does anyone know who that is? Zero clue. No, I don't know who he is. I, Anthony, no? Yes, I know exactly who that is. He oh, he was a scrub that was. Oh, no, he was, he was actually a really good player in the like late 90s. He was on Michigan when they were terrible. Obscure player jerseys are probably my favorite thing, though. I, it was uh, during... It was during the time when Michigan had that weird thing on the side of the jerseys. 
Does anyone know? No. All right. I'll stop yeah. talking about Michigan on the next podcast. All right. Go ahead. No, Anthony. that's I'm fine. Done. I was going to say just, just on the obscure player jersey route, I have a Dominic Moore Rangers jersey. And I know that none of you know who that is on here. But uh, number 19? No, 28. Damn it. I, yeah. I, know, I knew the name. <laughs> uh, fourth line winger on the Stanley Cup run sent the Rangers to the to the uh, Stanley Cup final when he scored on the Habs. It was it was great. Anyway, carry on. Back to back. Can I make one more? Can I make one last point about North Carolina that I think is very important? It's been overlooked all season. They have a player on their team named Leaky Black. That's a phenomenal name. Actually, I saw that name on Twitter. I was like, that's a great alias. Can I? Well, can I ask you to, uh, Mike and Joe, a favor really quick? Can you guys at some point before the end of the tournament here just compile a list of the best of the best names in college basketball for me? Because I feel like we yeah. have we have Leaky Black so far. We have Admiral Schofield. I mean, Zion Williamson in itself is a pretty incredible name. I just I just need your Taco. name power, power rankings on its own. North Carolina has another dude who was supposed to be really good. At one point, Jason McIntyre called him the next Kevin Durant. He does, he rarely plays. His name's Seventh Woods. Oh my god! Yo, wow. Mick, one of the, my favorite mixtapes. Oh, dude, his YouTube clip. You'd swear to God, he was gonna be the next, you know, Magic Johnson, Kevin Durant. And uh, you know that's why you don't judge talent off YouTube videos because you know what they don't do on YouTube videos? Make highlights of dude missing jumpers. Yeah, I mean, I I got fooled by Seventh Woods and Akil Carr. I was convinced that Akil Carr. <laughs> oh, Akil Carr, dude. Man, his YouTube clips were amazing. It was like I still watch it every now and then. <laughs> Who's that person? I don't know. Who's a kill car? The Crime Stopper in Baltimore. He's he was like five six. He would dunk, cross people up. I think he went head to head with Andrew Wiggins and won. He was just like I, the he, high school version of AI is the best. I way. also believe he played for Seton Hall for about twelve seconds. <laughs> Did he get busted for Bud? I don't know. Uh, it was something nefarious. He had all kind of issues that came with him, and I don't want to speak out of pocket, but yeah. yeah. I don't know what it's up to now, but I know it wasn't all, all of it was uh, below bar. Yeah, I, just, I know crime went down when he was playing in Baltimore, so <laughs> he's a great guy. Dude's mixtapes, though, were so Oh, good. just watch when you get the chance. It's really great. Anything else we have to left to touch on here? Is there, is there any parting words before we get a little bit deeper into this tournament tonight? Um, I couldn't, I didn't get through my third Duke. So here's my third Duke. Well done. Wow. Anthony and I have Vermont. Seriously. That's all I have to say. He's a really good player. If he was two inches taller, he'd be like the seventh pick in the draft, but he's not two inches taller. So whatever, but he's going to put, you know, 28 points on Florida state, even though they'll lose. Go blue. All right. Well, thank you to Joseph Nardone and to Mike Cortez for coming on tonight. Again, you can follow Joseph at Joseph Nardone at CBB today. Head to cbbtoday.com. Uh, this is the time to be there, folks. This is this is when you're going to get the most coverage, and this is when you're going to want to get it the most. So uh, head on over there. Uh, head to thenextwall.com. You can find all of Mike Cortez's articles over there. You can follow him at Cortez Era. Brian Gibberman at Brian Gibberman. I'm at Corvo Anthony. Please uh, follow the Knicks wall on Twitter. Follow at TKW podcast at Kyle Maggio. He'll be back soon. Don't you worry. Um, yeah, that's about it for tonight. Uh, we will talk to you all next weekend. Thanks a lot, guys. 
Thank <laughs> you.